0: Hey guys, before today's episode of the podcast, I want you to text me, 212-931-5731. If you don't, you're missing out. I'm putting all my eggs in the text basket. 212-931-5731. This is the Gary V Audio Experience.
1: On today's podcast, you are going to get a very special episode of 4Ds and we wanna offer you the best listening experience possible, so we're gonna add some voiceover questions for context. We would love to hear what stuck out from this episode and what you connected with most, so please tweet us, at GaryVee, with your comments.
0: So so in that, in a world where obviously, I'm always so like petrified to always bring the most value, I think what's gonna be interesting, and it's a really fun uh, starting off point, it's super important to think about are you looking for affirmation, or are you looking to fill in something that I wasn't able to touch on since I have to go somewhat broad at times? And and both are cool. Like, you know, I think it's wild to think about how valuable affirmation is. Like sometimes it's just the push, you know, like I always talk about the story of like being late to swimming. It wasn't affirmation. It was that my sister started swimming. I heard it, playing knock hockey, and the thought that my six-year-old sister as a nine-year-old was gonna swim before me forced me to run, jump in the pool as a non-swimmer, scared- of swimming and literally next eight minutes figure out that I was swimming and then spend the next decade trying to make pretend I swam first but it's one of the few things she didn't let me like win so you know I really appreciate that comment and then and then what that makes me do is tell that story to say hey are you thinking about it is it going to be affirmation because you know and you've felt the nuances and what's the double down or is there something that I haven't been able to touch on that you've been curious about or which I'm sure some of you know this, I think so much of my strength is pulling from opposite directions. So if you listen long enough, the amount of potential contradictions, while what I think it is is balancing from both sides may lead to a clarification need because if you're not pulling from both, then you can't pull it off. I have so, I think a lot of times I'm like man, I'm throwing so many ingredients at everybody that what I'm starting to realize is like all of it doesn't work if you're missing one of the, like I'm like, why is it working and why is it not? Why are people walking in and like completely, like whether from external, internal, transforming and why are others not? Which led me to insecurities and all that stuff. But when that's done, I'm like, right, you need to do all these things. It's like a really well-cooked meal. You, if you hold off the spice, then it's just not, like there's a lot there. So I think that's a good way to frame this up for everybody to think about. I don't know if that's inspired maybe a question but.
1: Question one, my side hustle became my main thing so I left the family business. I was running the family business and was tired so I needed something that worked. I'm scared building a new culture because I don't have that experience.
0: Well, I I think even the fact that you're thinking about it already makes me optimistic that you have it in you. The fact that you even recognize that question means that it's something that you value. I mean, here we are, I'm, you're nervous to ask me a question, and the place where you naturally go is actually caring about culture, which already makes me know that you're probably gonna do a decent job with culture. What would you,
2: what would you say? How would you say that even in small?
0: By overvaluing human beings. Yeah. It's not super complicated. If you're playing long, like I'm not Mother Teresa, I'm just playing long. I mean, when I look at D-Rock, Mickey, and Jesse and think about, we're now over 20 years of collective and just three people I'm looking at, right? And Nick, I mean, like this is ludicrous. Like, we keep people, I mean, Nick is doing such interesting on his own right now and I watch that and I'm just like pumped. I'm rooting for him so heavy. I only, I don't even have time. I'm so busy, I don't even have time to tell him that directly. I use these moments to double dip to like keep telling him, keep going. It's (laughs) It's true though. You know, and like, like that's like not the way, my, my dad would have been, would have fired Nick at the first indication of a leisure apparel brand that he, he felt like everybody had to do it for him. Like, you know, uh, you just lean into people. It's not super complicated are sitting here because I promised Mickey that if he joined Media I'd open something in the South. That is real talk. <laughs> there was no good strategic reason to open this office, you know, other than I promised Mickey. You know, and, and he luckily went to like baseball camp here after I came on a trip here and like fell in love with the city. So I, I would say it's actually stunningly easy. Do you value people more than you value sh- short-term profit? Most people don't, which is fine. Not, I, I don't, but it's really easy when you care about it. I think where you have to be careful of is where I'm at my weakest, which is you create entitlement because you lack candor when you need to make people actually perform on a business. I think my shortcoming, my kryptonite has been ironically something nobody would believe on the way that I communicate publicly, which is I've been too soft, which has created entitlement. A lot of the stuff I put in the system is trying to coach myself into it. Fire faster. Fire faster. Be more, you know, like these are real things, you know? So I'm a bleeding heart. Like I'd be a great guidance counselor and a great therapist and a lot of other great things. You know, it's where some of the crossover is different than me than others that people have worked for. I'm different and that's why I feel different. And it's true and it makes me have less economics in the short term and people out there make fun of me for that. It's only because they're judging in the second quarter. Let's see how this all plays out. So it's real easy. Just choose it. You know, I think the question becomes, you, what, what you might be struggling with is you see certain things that do work for that business on doing things that maybe you naturally wouldn't do, but you haven't seen the alternative yet. You're like, oh right, but dad or whoever, you know, mom, they do that and that actually does make more money. You just haven't seen the alternative yet. My brother, my dad, others, make more profit short term, but they never build the size of businesses that I build. So I don't know, last time I checked, like 5% of a billion is more than 29% of 40 million. Last time I checked.
1: Question two is about Instagram digital strategy and app advertising strategy. How do you stay on top of digital platform changes?
0: by doing the work to be educated on everything. By reading, watching videos, by putting in the education work. The biggest issue when people go from something bigger to something smaller is the speed and the needs become way different. There's so many corporate, so many people in corporate right now are trying to join smaller startups and they obviously come and talk to me because I've known them for, we had a client from Unilever, you know, you worked on Unilever at some point? That's what I thought, Jen Bremner, I sat down with yesterday. You know, yeah. Who like you know we didn't necessarily have the greatest run with, um, and she's looking to make a move from Unilever to a mid-sized company. And you know, I I even though we didn't have the greatest rub, I do I do actually think she's got chops. And so I was giving her advice of like, hey, you know, we were talking about that today with the Sasha group, Sasha versus Vayner. Like, you guys like you guys care in a different way. Like it's your lively, you're It's not even caring, surviving versus you know getting a different job somewhere else. Like so. Uh, the speed in which, but you still have things that you can really bring to the table. You have to go through the filter of practicality and speed instead of ideology yeah. and lack of speed. Yeah. And that's something you have to get used to. Yeah. okay, cool. How'd you know that? I know, I know it because I just, I'm really good at pattern recognition. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it's why I listen. Yeah. I talk a lot about, Me listening over talking because I'm always, especially, I have such a bad rap because I do interrupt my guests on my podcast, but it's because I already know. I know what they're saying. And I'm thinking about the audience, not my guest. And if they're about to spend nine minutes and I know they have to leave for another appearance somewhere, because that's just so everybody knows, I'm not like this chill podcast where it's what you do for the day and it's all I do for a living. Like we both, my guests and I are on a very tight schedule. And I'm saying to myself, This woman, this man is about to talk for nine minutes about something this audience fully knows and is gonna be complete vanilla. So now I'm gonna interrupt, add my two cents that brings value and move them forward. And so I'm willing to get judged and ridiculed by my audience to bring more value to my audience. I believe my interrupting on my podcast is the single nicest thing I'm doing for my audience (laughs) while my audience (laughs) is me for the most, but I'm willing to take that to bring value. Because what the audience doesn't know is what the show would have looked like if I let them run, which is we would have gotten to two things, pure vanilla and see you tomorrow. That is about being consumer-centric. That is about pattern recognition. That's about knowing. And so just hearing it and knowing it, which goes to the most interesting part, which is you two can win. You just have to have humility and honesty with each other and over-communicate instead of thinking it in your heads.
1: Question three, I am a video creator and musician. When a video goes viral and you bring on a team, how do you remove the bottleneck in the content creation process?
0: Let me give you a couple of quick piece of advice on that. 83% of somebody else is better than 100% of just you. The number one mistake that people make when they start to delegate is they make a subjective opinion in their mind of what that should look like and that's not the way to scale. I think that's gonna be my biggest hardship.
3: 100%.
0: 100 That's why I jumped in back to, you know, yeah. that's the game. The game is that I've never even talked to D Rock. Like, after, after I, when we started the vlog, I had to watch a little bit because I had to teach him, hey, you're complete. And that's who he was at that raw state. Mindset is to make the best YouTube video. You can't put the part where I'm telling Mickey to fire Susan. She doesn't know yet. Like, that's gonna be a problem, you know? You you can't be, you can't put the part of after we have the client meeting, I look at one of my teammates and say, that client's a idiot. That's bad. Like, so at first I had to watch, but that was, that was, help me here, 11 episodes? not, Not a lot of episodes. And since then, I don't watch anything. I don't watch anything. Now, on Instagram, I'm titling those things, I'm writing all the copy. There's a way for you to come in at third and a half base. Just don't judge the dugout to third and a half base and also know that in an hour, you're putting out another piece of content. Yeah. You know, especially when you have the unluxury of having a viral hit, too many people then are looking for that moment again. Yeah, yeah. It's a real killer. If you get unlucky and have something go crazy, you then get stuck looking for crazy, which means you stop making. Mm-hmm. Makes sense? You know, for me, I make 100 pieces of content that add up to four million views instead of being crippled for nine days, making one video hoping for four million views that gets 37,000 views. Yeah.
2: Now, now that we
3: get to do it so sustainably and just transparent, like one month will make 30 grand on the Facebook page, the next month makes five. And so in hiring and trying to allocate where necessarily about 10 or 20 bucks an hour to do TikTok to get me there because which is amazing,
0: then it's I'm not necessarily monetizing that yet, but also. It's start- also recognizing that the second you're over-focused on monetization is the second that you're limiting your upside. So to me it's more about can you get into a mental place of realizing how little do you need to live yeah. so that you don't think about monetization at all. Every time you pander to the monetization you're limiting your upside. Okay. Because inherently you start making things for the monetization not for the audience. You get into a new machine. Yeah. Your yeah. own you machine. The authenticity of the you just it's, whether, you know, whether it's authenticity, like whatever word we want to put against it, the second your day is about waking up and figuring out how much money YouTube or Facebook's going to make to you versus what's going to make somebody really want to watch this is the day you start the process of not being able to win. Yeah. You know how fun it is that not a single piece of my content, back to a lot of business model here, you know what it feels like to not make any content with the thought of how does this create a top of the funnel scenario to a landing page that converts to my livelihood? <laughs> Yeah, you know, looking at some of you knowing your business models, that puts me in a position of being able to win. That's why it's happening. Mm -hmm. It also is why you're here. Whoever brings the most value wins, not whoever creates the perception of the most value. That person wins in the short term. Mm -hmm. The last thing, if I may, would be not, is I actually want to build something. You know, I want to build a personal brand, not
3: just, I mean, Facebook videos because that could be done and I actually want to build something and I think there's a wide open gap in the marketplace for like a female James Cornet that doesn't have all J Lo and Justin Bieber.
0: Let me tell you a couple things real quick on that. That is absolutely true, but don't think of it in a traditional way. Mm-hmm. Think of it as more of like everybody's gonna monetize. Mm-hmm. We're all individuals. Yeah. Everyone here has the actual ability to pull this off. It's just that some people will make seventeen dollars a year and some will make seventeen million, but There are plenty of female, like the more you spend time in the classic model, the more likely you'll get upside. All you need to think about is how do you bring the most value, period, end of story, and then it will manifest. I never think about, like, everybody I see who wins does a much better job of not trying to be some variation of a sentence applied against somebody who's already famous. Don't even think that way. Think 100%, how do I make content that people will like? That's how you put the chickens in the tub. You need to basically live in a humble framework in perpetuity, and that's how you get the most stuff. Just them, just them, them. Because that leads to creativity. Like, if I care, you know, we've been our most creative when I finally broke through of saying over and over, don't pander to the machine, even though I knew, and I would tell DRock, I'm like, we're pandering to the machine on Instagram, like we know what's working and the second I finally, finally, like after a month, because I'm like, you dude, don't be a hypocrite, do your thing, that's when, if you look at the last hundred posts I've had, they've been far more creative. That's where the cartoons come from. That's where the upside down post comes from. It's just where the creativity is coming from. And inevitably, there will be a piece of content that changes the course because of it. All the, all the trash talk content, you know, that overindexes that would have never happened if I wasn't willing to do something that wasn't obvious
3: yeah, of course,
0: slogan. curation, DJing always yeah. works. We're busy. And if I can go to the best finds and you can tell me what the four best memes of the day are, that saves me time. Mm-hmm. Curation works because it saves time. Yes. We want time saving. And so you if, you do. they you all, messenger? I think text messaging is the most interesting platform emerging in the world. So that would be my first choice because you'll get 100% consumption. Against your list. Mm-hmm. Messenger does a very good job of that as well. Um, WhatsApp can make you go global. So, uh, email still works. Not, you know, like, so there's a, and nobody, yeah, 100%. All, all of it. That's what I do. That's why I always say, watch what I do, not what I say. You want audio? Got you. You want video? Got you. You want email? Got you. You want written? Yep. LinkedIn? Good. good. Cartoons? Good. I don't care. No friction for consumption.
1: Question four. My side hustle is building custom coffee tables and all of my traffic is organic. How do I scale my business?
0: How much, what do you spend on acquisition and where do you spend it? It's all organic. All organic. 100%. That's great. So my whole business, so why- You know why that's great? Because that's terrible.
4: <laughs> right, because I'm not doing the upside. Correct. Okay. Right.
0: In the wor- and again, in a world, because I know a lot of you have this context, you can't underestimate how underpriced this media is. Right. Like Instagram swipe up ads for you with the right content would be uncomfortable conversion. Pay two, get nine. Pay two, get nine. Right. Pay three, get nine. At scale. Right. This is how businesses go from four million to 40 million in a year. Because right. once, because once something works, you can pour lighter fluid in perpetuity. Right.
4: Part of the, the scaling, I'm trying to figure out Scale So about of my business is sponsorships in between direct, long-term product placement, things like that. About 20% of
0: the plans, about 20% in the ads. Like Google AdSense on uh, my blog. The plans.
4: The plan, that's what I was gonna say. For like scaling down, like I said, I'm a one-man team.
0: Hire and invest.
4: In so from mm-hmm. there, that's my question, is where would
0: that, would it be getting a Facebook ad manager? Yes, those it's those getting sales? a math person. You've got the art down, you need math. I have a math yet, but, so. I, by the way I believe that to be true. Right. Then you got I need
4: that
0: Math is a commodity. Yeah. Art is not. Gotcha. Got it? Yeah. If you you're like me, math and art, you always I gave up on math a long time ago. I'm good at math. I understand what it costs to, I understand the concept of pay $9 for a wine customer and look at the back end and my profit's 11 and keep going until that doesn't work and then if I'm upside down, then I think about the lifetime value and I look, oh, we're the best wine store in the country, so they keep coming back. So actually 11 is okay. Most companies it's not because they don't have return business, blah, 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 right? But I gave all that up because everybody can do math. Meaning anybody that can do math does math because it doesn't move. Art moves by the second. The culture moves. So how would you... Uh, I'd hire a math person. And where would I go to
4: find, that's been my
0: problem, to find um, Where are you based? Nashville. So there's a million ways to do this, right? A, you know, we'll, ha- we'll try to send you some recommendations. I don't know who former Vayner employees are that live in Nashville, you know. There a- might, yeah, there might be like, you could, you could hire, it, I think one of the great moves is to hire a small agency and then steal their employee you know, like like put out you know, like that's a good idea. Like interview ten small Facebook agencies in Asheville and meet them all and be like, Oh, I really like Karen, she seems sharp, hire that one, and then try to steal her. Yeah. And
4: then the scaling of the like product tree and product offering. So I I'm now bundled, so instead of doing nine, I'll do five plans for twenty nine thirty percent discount. You get all my plans for ninety-nine bucks. Looking at uh on the product perspective. You know what I don't like about that
0: yet is you're making all that judgment off the history of organic, and I don't know what the upside is yet on proper media. Right. Well, that's. My I would sell. I would sell them. In, I would sell them individually at the highest dollar amount, and test them. How many different products are there? Okay, about thirty. I would test them all at scale across all LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, whatever, for six months. Have a real understanding. And then make the decision that you're asking right now off of far more data.
4: Okay. My concern was just the, uh, the acquisition cost of our
0: product which is high. It might not be when you're actually arbitraging against the most underpriced attention. It might be, but it might not be. There's also the question of if you have a ton more customer, you pay fourteen against nine. First of all, why nine? Like if it's costing you 14 and you raise it to 17 and it works and now you're using that audience to triple your sponsorship business. A lot of things that people don't do is they don't play chess. They go too binary. If, I, if I've got those revenue streams that you have, I would say to myself, you know what? I'll break even on the products because I want to go to scale, but I'm going to siphon that attention from the products on this content so that I can t- ask 10X on the sponsorship side. It's kind of like... Va- I got it, getting, I got it. You on, you do. You're, you're the reverse because that was the cadence in how you did it. Right. You can also reverse it back. Gotcha. Gotcha. Right, all of a sudden I may want to pay you a million dollars a year. They may. You've got to play on both fronts to find out. Right. Okay. Clouds and dirt, right? When the reason that works for me is like that's how I think. Like You always have to play on multiple fronts because it might be the upside down thing. Could you imagine, you know, and businesses are more likely to overspend. Right. Got it? Yeah. So you might be able to get a half a million dollar sponsorship that makes no sense, which then allows you to say, oh, now I see where, you see where I'm going, right? Yeah. It's more likely you get grossly overpaid by a sponsor to then use those dollars to sell lower funnel than the other way around, because that's the market. Right. Got it? Yeah.
1: Question five. My CRM SaaS company consists of about 72 sophisticated products. From a media standpoint, what is the best way to condense the 72 products into one value prop?
0: There's no way to condense 72 different value props quickly. I think one, you need to look at it. How, how long have you been doing it?
4: We've, we've been building it, developing it for two and a half years, and we've been in business
0: for about. Years. You may want to figure out if you have 72 features versus 72 products, first of all. Okay. You also need to figure out which 10 products most convert. Okay. It's like any retail store or any dot-com, like what retailers mm-hmm. are starting to figure out. I mean, this is the big challenge I'm going to push to my wine store. It used to be, hey, Dad, it was my agenda. We're going to have the biggest selection in the world. We win. It's actually, that became, that becomes crippling. And I've been trying to push my dad to create these WL50 stores where they're tiny stores with only 50 wines from Wine Library you know, because people don't actually want choice. It's why Wine Text works. One product a day, very simple, boom. I don't want to think. So I think you're making people think too much. So I think that there's probably four products that are 80% of the actual action and that's where my comms would come in and you might be going on too much of an ideology that I have to get to all of these things. I think you need to really look at usage. What I would do is look at usage. That's why I asked you how long. I would look at all the usage of the product, which is what's great about a SaaS business, and say Actually, these six things are 80% of, and that's gonna happen. Because some of those products are dog and some of them are the thing. You just, that's the nature of the game, right? That.
4: And the other question that would lead me to is, how do I go into market? if I was gonna do paid media. I make a lot of content um, and I try to do my best to kind of- Who's buying your product? Um, Primarily, an end user, a salesperson or a small organization right now with maybe 10 salespeople in it.
0: LinkedIn, bro. You need to make make 25 pieces of content a day for LinkedIn. Specific. When people think of salespeople as one thing versus a saleswoman who happens to be a Falcons fan, That's a whole different, You can my game is in perpetuity. People are like, salespeople? And I'm like, no, no, no. They're like, how do I make 100 pieces of content? I'm like, okay, well, first of all, there's 50 states. So, there's 50. Hey Alabama, hey salespeople in Alabama, it's your boy. That's already 50, because I can promise you when you run ads against small businesses or sales organizations in Alabama, and it starts with what's up, Alabama, that already does better than it says, what's up, it's your boy, Gary. I know it's true. You start then saying, you said then do that piece of content when the Auburn Alabama game is going on and you make some sort of reference point that says, if you're an Auburn fan and leave a comment, or if you're a Bama fan, leave a comment in LinkedIn, whoever wins the game, that person gets 10% off, the other one gets to cry twice. (laughs) And so if you look at the collective reaction to that idea, that's why I win, because I'm in the game of ideas and then just making LinkedIn is uncomfortably underpriced, organic, let alone paid. You need to go If you made no content anywhere else, which is so against my macro thesis, but if you didn't, and you made 100 piece a day for LinkedIn that was specific to psychographic, demographic, location, age, gender, sex, you will win. Crush it. Okay, that
4: helps out a lot.
0: It's really, I know it will. And what's really awesome for me is it's gonna work. Yeah, I believe
1: it. It's Good.
0: Just, yeah, I, it's always- kind of like believing that if you eat well and you work out every day, you'll look better. Right. I know you believe it. I'm telling you to do it. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say
4: would be the second best
0: place? Nothing. Just one <laughs> Meaning, Meaning you can't imagine. You know what that would be like? If, if we were like kids and only wanted to eat candy, mm-hmm. and I literally walked in right now with a truck full of candy, and you'd be like, yo, where else is there candy? I'm like, we can't eat all this candy. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was the question. So push all my Yep. And just destroy it. Yes, but bring them value. Of course. Well, like that's a challenge too, you know? like. That's not so easy. I don't think
4: it's terribly easy, but I think with enough content, I can start digging into it.
0: And there then start, that. correct, and then start reading comments. Yeah. Ask questions. One of the things that very few people do is make content to ask questions. I love that. Because then you get answers in the comments, which then leads you to the next piece of content. Yeah. So much of my content is actually not made for any other thing than an insight to a hypothesis. It's how I got to, all the content that I talk about today. I, there was no strategy session where I'm like, I'm gonna make content about parenting. That was a th- thing that happened out of making all the content that made me get to the realization of so many opportunities and vulnerabilities. And that's why it resonates. The reason my content resonates is it comes from the community.
1: Question six. We are a 45- or 50-person agency focused on tourism, strong in Florida and Myrtle Beach markets. We're looking to grow in new markets. These aren't markets that were physically there, though. So what would you do?
0: Markets in like genres or in physical
4: markets? Physical markets. So like Dentston, Florida, Wisconsin Dells,
0: and Myrtle Beach, for example. We
4: oversaturate market, then we go to but we're struggling because these aren't markets that we physically live in. They're markets that we're going to. We have clients there, but not a major foothold like we do in the others. So, and like, there's literally like a 100 things I think I should be doing. So then we try a little bit of it, and then we don't see the result, and then we just try. Bail. Yeah, we're, we're trying too much. So, yep.
0: and, and, and And the reality is, and I understand where you're going with this, is you know in your soul that, you're not doing enough to actually see the full results of it, so you're just kind of caught in this hamster wheel of half pregnant, and then like, I get it. I'm, I'm emotional about this, because there's like 10 things I tried to get Wine Library to do. They did it for like, a like there was this incredible concept I had of pricing every wine in the store at a one-bottle level, a six-bottle level, and a 12-bottle level. Like, that's it. Like, case discount. Like, it was going to be big, literally, because... Passover was coming up. My dad wanted to put kosher wine in that spot, tore down the whole concept for three days worth of business of no money, and like destroyed, like, didn't give it the full chance to do what it was going to do. What I think you need to decide is profitability. The answer to your question is actually very easy. You know, I know, I can even tell the way you asked it, you actually know it's right. You just have to make less money. You have to plop someone there or plop it longer and eat the crow of no results because it needs nine months to get to the results. You're in the sales transaction mindset, not in the brand building mindset. And you know it. And now the question becomes, can you afford it? You know, that becomes the thing I don't know in a moment like this, but then when the person says no, and you know, I'm always pushing, and you guys know this, make less money this year to build something bigger. Make less money, that's how you do it. It's called investing in your and then there's also audit, the 20% of things you spend money on that are garbage. Your worst employee, some dumb thing that you're not even paying attention to that you're unrecurringly getting billed for, like your, uh, your snacks are overpriced. You know, that was the big brouhaha at Boehner this year. I eliminated, a, we were spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on bars and 4% of the people were eating it, so I eliminated it. Of course, everyone acted like they ate it every day of their life, and I'm Hitler, but you know, but that was just a good business decision based on what was actually happening. Yeah, they're good, they're scrappy here. I'm talking about New Yorkers. <laughs> Got it? That's the answer. Okay, so I'm Jody, I work in landscaping. As
2: an
0: I apologize. And if you can really find a system where you can get the highest kind of person to make the impact at the lowest possible cost, you can really scale them out of this you know when you're looking for a swiss army knife right she or he's got it like you got to find an entrepreneurial tendency person right
1: question seven i work at a professional landscaping company and i run sales and marketing how do you balance sales and marketing and is there a separation of your content from the business content how do you kind of balance
0: that like I sales think- and marketing or not owning the company so I wanna... Well, the good news on that is that's like a brain and a heart. Yeah. It's like, you know, like, they're, that's honestly, if you really synthesize what I've been up to and even so far halfway through, people think they're marketing, but they're actually selling. Totally. Totally. Well, and
2: then the other piece of that is,
3: um, is there a separation really between your business and what you're doing
2: and yourself? I mean, so like we're hearing a lot of people talk about content, putting content out. The content doesn't
0: necessarily have to be direct relate to what you're trying to sell. Not only, not only doesn't it have to, it shouldn't. it shouldn't. To get the maximum upside. Now look, some owners are not meant for content. Yours may not. This is where you get into Snoopy. Like maybe your breakthrough is a cartoon in stick figure form and that cartoon is the is the thing that can do everything but... Yes, for everybody here who's doing any kind of personal branding, like I do far more, so much more works for me because I'm into wine and the Jets and garage sailing and all of it people try to theoretically say is wrong. You're stretched in, you're, what do you represent? I mean, when I started garage sailing on, on Trash Talk and on Instagram, so many of my smartest friends hit me up immediately. Like on Instagram story first day before Trash Talk, and we're like, yo, you can't do this. You look stupid. This is crazy. Like, you're like on the verge of becoming one of the most important business people. Like, what are people gonna think? I'm like, what are you talking about? You mean, you want me to pander to the ivory towers? What are people gonna think? I think that hundreds of thousands of people are about to make an extra thousand dollars a year that they need for a better family vacation and their life will be better. And I'm not worried about the CEO, of, you know, Worried about the fact that I garage sale. Mm -hmm. Okay,
2: so I mean I'm obviously speaking for the company when I'm marketing for them. So
0: can that just be me? Can that be my voice? Of course it can. I think more importantly, the question becomes the voice needs to be something that brings the most value to the audience. And so the voice takes on a lot of layers. Of course it can be you, but uh, let me give you an example. I think the voice should be all of the following you when you're out to dinner with your girlfriends you in the office the founder when he or she is golfing the fa- like like what people don't understand is it's not a singular voice there's a million different reasons why i would consider letting you cut my lawn or or hedge my flowers or whatever you do right there might be a million different things and like how you do that on facebook and linkedin and instagram and twitter and all these platforms google you know you know, on Google, where it's all intent-based marketing, you know, that, needs, that is more sales. Google AdWords is selling, not marketing. On, on Instagram, it's marketing, it's visual, right? So don't get caught in that place where I think a lot of us were taught to do, which is like, what's the voice? Even if it was just you, I have a funny feeling there's at least 13 different versions of you given the circumstances you're in. The a funny feeling you're a totally different gal when you're best friends on a weekend in Vegas on a girls' trip than you are in this room right now. You should see Dio when he's with his boys. <laughs> should go directly to jail. <laughs> so I think that I think that that's that's creative contextually at scale. They're knowing enough about Chattanooga. There's. The hills and across, the, there's different things going on here. Totally. Right? And they need to see different things. Some of them are only going to play at a certain price point. Mm-hmm. Others want, you know, a different, like, so that, that's how you have to reverse engineer the attention. What has what the company spent money on historically or currently? In terms of marketing? Yep. Not that much. All word of mouth? Um, it's a lot of word of mouth, a little bit of print advertising, and direct mail? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, to direct mail and print are great because Facebook can do better. Yeah. That's where you have to take 20 to 50% of that budget and show them. Okay. How much scrutiny are you under by ownership? A lot, right? It's a small business. Yeah. don't yeah. have a huge budget. I believe that to be true. Mm-hmm. There's no reason. A landscaping business in Chattanooga should not have a large budget. But why do you exist? They understand that marketing matters. Like I would argue that that's incredibly progressive to begin with. An employee for a family owned business that is in landscaping to have a marketing executive means that somebody there understands. Totally.
2: And they're trying to grow too and they know that's the best way to
0: grow. It's awesome. Um, I think influencer marketing, you should absolutely right now open your phone, go to Instagram, search Chattanooga, find the top posts and DM people and offer them free service. So if you go to Instagram, one of the things, any local business here, searching the city that you're in, then they give you all the pictures and there's top or recent, you hit top, you click it, you see if somebody's visiting Chattanooga for the, you know, for something or do they live here? If they live here, you DM them and say very simply, hey, I think you're an influencer in Chattanooga. I believe that if you took a photo or made a video on your actual feed, not in your stories, because that disappears too quick, uh, <laughs> about us and we will give you in return a 200 or 500 or I don't know the business well enough. free service for it that that's good for our business and good for you two out of every 10 will say yes five out of every 10 will say yes that's a whole lot of local awareness tactics first year what people don't know is that 80% of my comments were stay in your lane wine boy meanwhile I was like I was a businessman before you knew me like, I'm in my lane. Right. But...
4: And so my, so my question is, you know, from a prioritization standpoint, yes. because that audience matters. It, it's worth something. And so I don't want to just let
0: it go. It's worth less than you think. Really? Okay. Yes. That is where I was going get I get this. it. It's it just, it's worth less than you think. Um, and it's, um, this is why these are so fun. It's only worth something if they're willing to use you or bring awareness to you in a literal sense of is it worth something in a raw business form? The answer is, the only audience of Wine Library that was worth something to me in a transition of business, in theory, was people that also had interest in business, which many didn't, and those are the ones that called me a sellout, or I hate you, or I miss you, or whatever they said. Others came along. Um, It's not worth something. So
4: that's what my guy was telling me, is looking at,
0: okay, do I go ahead? You know what's worth something, in my opinion, how I would launch your absolute business? I would ask everybody in theory if they'd like to hire you and then I would create content around the first 10 people that hired you and then if nobody wanted to hire you I would pick 10 people and do it for free. That's
4: that was kind of where I was going to go with it. Well, that's so it. I was going to launch a keep and do yep. the old opt-ins and get yep. back in so to use me yep. and if they don't then yep. know that's where
0: go. The other thing you can do and this works for a lot of the people that just asked questions so I want to make sure they're going to hear this. You could start a Q&A show. Look, one of the, I always talk about watch what I do, not what I say. My reintroduction into content was the Ask Gary Vee show. My audience was not that big at that point because I had transitioned to business, but I went dark for two years building VaynerMedia. And the way that I reintroduced myself was off a small base to be able to create content because we weren't blogging yet, I didn't have a podcast yet, was to start a show where people asked me questions on Twitter which off that was my biggest base, which led to some awareness because they had to use the hashtag. So now people see they're asking me a question. So that got me by accident viewers. I then picked five of them, answered it, put it out for free and it was incredibly valuable. You can do that with HR questions. You could literally put right now on your LinkedIn, I'm doing this. I don't know if you noticed, by the way, who's got HR macro questions? Take five of the questions from the LinkedIn comments, record either video or audio, you answering them and then re-put out the content into the system. Yeah. The HR content that I put out on LinkedIn, and obviously I'm off a big base, but they're but it's standardized, always over-indexes. It is the conversation.
4: Because right now what I'm looking at is, I'm looking at, okay, I'm spending all my time on LinkedIn, right, so that's what I'm spending during my time. And so I'm looking at what's trending for business executives and what they're talking about, what articles are out there, what troubles are having those kind of things. And so trying to run off of that and
0: then push out content based on those trends. I think and that's good. Asking the audience, I think not asking. So I think I think both are good. Okay. But the asking's easier, quicker, more scale. Okay. Cuz you're doing a lot of work to get to that one piece of content. It is LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah. LinkedIn. Okay. I would also very much consider doing a podcast and I think this would work for you. I think it, I would think it works for a lot of people. I mean, back to being the mayor, like if you started the Chattanooga Business podcast, you your re, your landscaping business, the Chattanooga business podcast, and interviewed business people here. It would just bring awareness. Yeah.
4: We do uh, yeah. So when I first moved to Chattanooga,
0: I actually met Joey randomly. Oh, I just saw him landscaping. She
4: went to landscaping.
0: <laughs> this is awesome. Keep going. And, uh,
4: and so when I was in in Florida doing the real estate business. I took your
0: digital layer thing. Yes. 101 episodes. Love you. Love. Right? And it destroyed. It
4: was awesome. It was great. I loved it. It, it, I had so much fulfillment. It's It's just,
0: it's the life I'm living. I'm winning. Like, I want to be the greatest entrepreneur of this generation. And I do not think that comes solely from making the most money. I have to give back to the system. And they both work hand in hand.
4: So, two weeks after New Year, I called her and I said, Hey, let's have a meeting. And I said, Hey, listen, I'm going to do this thing. And you're going to think I'm crazy. But hear me out, and I said, "Do you want to co-host a show?" Unbelievable,
0: <laughs> and it's called New
4: Galilea for eleven episodes. New
0: Unbelievable, New love so you guys, <laughs> and we
4: have the best time. we and it's house and,
0: and it's going to lead to and it's going to lead to business.
4: It's yeah. been so much fun.
2: It's been so fun. And it, Really
0: well. watch the whole video. It also it also lead, it also leads you it lo- also leads you to go to the open rest the new restaurant that opens, you walk in, and somebody says hi to you and you're like, whoa, they know who I am. And then and then after you get off the one second high of like, am I famous? You you then convert it into a business opportunity. I'm far more proud of being the architect of Gary V than being Gary V. Because I know what it means for business. I mean, it's amazing to take selfies and I love it. I like people and I like attention, that's fine. But that is a distant second compared to the actual strategy behind it. It's great, you're on your way. You need to create a way to make more content, Q&A is a great way to do it.
1: Question eight. How do we build more long-term relationships with influencers?
0: By reaching out to them
1: brands
0: That's right. Okay. Okay. I know it's such a simple answer, but that's actually the answer. Okay. Now the question becomes how, what size, what do you do when you reach out to them, what value prop are you offering them? Right.
3: Because what we're doing, you know, a lot of times a brand will only, or an agency will only be
2: working on a
0: project. Of course.
2: Project
0: with- You're a vendor. You're <laughs> yeah. a vendor. Here's what I would do. I would reach out to all the businesses around you, email them, or, like, let me go old school. One, like, like, one of my favorite moves is overwhelming somebody with something physical. It doesn't work on me because I get so much mail and so many things sent to me, and I don't like stuff that we have. We actually have a, the reverse problem where I feel bad that people are sending me like $500 items that I have, I, you know. do stealing them, at, you know, and selling so them on nice. eBay. You know, <laughs> right? Like, it's really like actually something we have to figure out, but on in the reverse, If you were to send somebody something that looked like a wedding invitation, high quality, or like a fruit basket, or influencer marketing, just, you know, uh, homemade cookies from a local company that you want to give some support to, and inside were a bunch of cookies in TikTok and Instagram logos, with a really nice letter that said, look, hi, Nancy, you're the CMO of Aflac. Uh, in Atlanta, uh, we think influencer marketing is being greatly underused. We've been doing it for five years. This is where it gets important. In 34, to, uh, on, where are we, October, on November 19th, at a private room at this hot restaurant in Atlanta, I am hosting a free, you know, kind of dinner and talk around influencer marketing for the first 25 people that respond to these beautiful cookies. I hope this caught your attention. I hope you understand what I'm actually saying here. If you'd like to RSVP, here's a link or you can call me. That would work. Yeah. Now you've spent $2,000 on cookies, mail, invitations, a private room, wine, and here's what happens when you send 100 of those. Three people come. And you're sitting there and you're like Gary, I wasted all this money, this and that, but three become six and six becomes 18, and God forbid you're good at writing a letter, and God forbid the cookies look good, maybe the first one is actually 39. Maybe you even have a problem, and it goes the other way. It goes one of two ways. It's always, for some reason, nothing ever ends up being the middle. It ends up being two people, and you're like, Gary, or it becomes 89 people. You have like four months of events lined up, and you're like, he's a genius, but it's gonna be one of those two. (laughs) It's gonna be one of those two. Go direct to brand. Notice what I'm doing. Break through the noise, and give them something of value with no expectation in return. And if you make that dinner a conversation, if this was one big funnel for you to pay me $500,000 a year at Vayner, everything out of my mouth would be different. I'm looking to never see you again and get an email from you that says, I love you. That's different. That's what everybody should be doing. That's how you build something monstrous. Okay,
3: so from the agency side, how do they look at
0: is it... Agencies okay. care about... Agencies... It, it doesn't matter. Okay. It, agencies care about agencies P&L. It doesn't matter what they think. It will always be here. Because John Wayne is no different than you two. Word of mouth from a human always will play. And I think we haven't even started. Every 16-year-old in America wants to be an influencer. That is their number one goal in life. That will mean much more supply. And the... Demand is unparalleled. There's a reason there's traffic when somebody gets into an accident. The reason we rubberneck is because we're nosy. There's a reason that reality TV is a monster even though it's not real, because we're nosy. We like each other. It's why we're not dead. There's been bombs that wipe us off the face of the earth for 60 years and we're still here. Humans like humans.
1: Question nine. Coming from the education space, how do you work with principals who are influencers in the education space?
2: I'm so glad I was just going to say that I wasn't first because my heart is pounding out of my chest between you and Nick and D-Rock on
0: the same words. That's <laughs> very sweet. So, Thank you. Anyway, uh, and the other funny thing is, is that leading
2: up to this, I i consume so much
0: everything i can think of yeah so I already know the answer. yeah I know what yeah, yeah. that's right so
2: and um, but now I have a
0: million questions so i have to kind of like- yeah because you can see that what's so great about this and why i think this has been a successful program is some of the like like this is where it gets good what's really great about this is when you have a product that has a cost of entry of the size of this you have real people we're pretty intense about how we anybody trying to come in and one insight given to a real person. Like that's why strategy exists. Like nobody really wants to pay for strategy. Like it seems like a bad idea kind of in some way, but the blueprint matters. And I can get very specific and there's been a lot of stuff I feel good about here that I'm like excited to see how it manifests. So go ahead. So, um, the other funny thing is leading up to this is I already know how you feel about school. Yes. And how you about science? Yes. (laughs) <laughs> but that, but I think you may also know that's a focus group of one right, right. you know like just- I, history is the subject that I got the best grades in and I continue to use it every day in business because I pattern recognize on prior things I already know what's going to happen with Netflix and Amazon and all the OTTs because that's what cable did to network TV like I already know um, and more importantly something that I've done a much better job of clarifying and I'm trying to do a better job of is There are plenty of people that get value out of learning that way. I write books because people learn that way. And as you can probably imagine, active is always gonna resonate more with me, right? Like that could have potentially been the thing that unlocked, somebody dictating to me information to memorize next Friday was not gonna cut it for the way that I was built, but actually being like I could have absolutely learned something from working a garden to understanding the process of those nine weeks to make something happen that I could be deploying in something I'm doing today. I just wasn't given the chance because everything is so one size fits all. Mm-hmm. And
2: that's what I think the core of what I
0: love 100%. What I is
2: that I was that nature kid and I was that kid
0: playing to, to <laughs> Yes.
2: Last week, that walked out to the garden. me and as we go and we teach the kids in the garden, and they come out one class at a time, and we're
0: planting and growing and all that. And he just looked broken. He just looked yeah. sad. He looked. I mean, and I and
2: I go to those kids first. Yeah. And through the whole time, by the end, he was carrying. He was helping me, and he. I gave him a job. He was carrying these huge pile of buckets of soil, and he was like a different kid after 30 minutes. Just being out there, I don't know what he was sad about,
0: I don't even know the boy, but just to see that and to be able to in a school environment. It's really cool. Find
2: something in
0: that. Space. It's awesome. Uh,
2: so I guess the one thing, if I had to pick one, was the influencer aspect of it. So I know I can't, I have principals that love what I do, that they, they love the program for their school and for their students. And then there's a whole group of parents that love what their kids come home and say about when they're in the garden. Um, and I've not done anything with that as far as, I mean, I think it's just gold, But if there was a principal that's already an influencer within her principal space, or a mom, um, but it almost it feels like
0: that's off limits, or that I can't. Um, right, and, and you know, that framework also, like, I've never been a monster fan of like, hey, client, can you make a testimonial so I can put it, like, it which is why I love the idea of podcast, like host the party, right? Like if you had, if you started something called the Progressive Principle podcast and you interviewing people and yeah, you'll touch on two minutes of like, hey, Sarah, thanks for being here. Obviously we met a couple months ago with my business, but that's not what we're here for. Tell me why you even said yes to my program. What other programs are you doing? What are you doing that's progressive in comparison? That's how you blow up your business. It's imperative that everybody understands they're in the media business above and beyond whatever you do in here. That's how you get to the place of creating the progressive principle podcast. And then that becomes the gateway drug to the testimonials you're looking for. Because in that interview, just like d and I are doing eye contact on the you know, things we're doing right this second, you will be talking to her. She'll reference something that you did to get her attention. That's what you then clip where she's naturally giving you a co not a forced testimonial. Right. Like we all hate those testimonials because it's like a weird situation, the person's wearing like a tie, and like, I like using DRock's video work. Yeah. You're like, this, <laughs> you know? And I, I did, I don't have one episode, but I started a podcast, I have one, I've got one. But it's kids in the garden, and it's just so you know, cute. They're, <laughs>
2: you they know, like squealing
0: about, it? But but, the, but what you can imagine, I apologize, is what I like about the principal podcast is you're making something directly for the person you're trying to sell to. I wanna get to the decision maker, agencies. Go to the decision maker or the person that influences the decision maker. The number one mistake that people are making about TikTok right now is they don't understand that teenage girls make moms buy you. You win a 14 year old daughter, you can sell shampoo to a mom. They go too literal. They're like, we don't sell to 14-year-olds. I'm like, do you sell to 42-year-olds? They're like, yes. I'm like, do you know who makes 42-year-olds buy things? They're 14-year-old daughters because 42-year-old women want to act younger and they're making their daughters friends, not kids. Right? (laughs) So like, I want you to go to direct, I want you to make a show directly to who, I want it to the progressive, here's why. I want principals to want to be on your show, which inevitably means you're likely to convert them on what you're actually doing. Got it. Back to watch what we're doing, not what we're saying. We have on the Gallery Media Group side, where we do original podcasts, a show called the CMO Podcast. It's a good idea. So, I would do that I think the progressive principle angle is going to lead to the most lead gen for your product Mm -hmm. if they're the decision maker. If I'm hearing it right. Right. Yeah,
2: they are. And then there's also.
0: That makes so sense. That. who, by the way, and I think you'll know this, anybody who's a parent that's so involved is inevitably also going to be interested in hearing about progressive principles because you know parents love to hear something that they can bang their principle on. Yeah. You need to go listen to this principle, right? So I think they both work for that reason. me because all I have to do is follow all principles half follow you back, and this and that. I got it. I, whether it's a podcast or a video show, I really think hosting the party always works. I've been pushing it for a while now, you know that. Yes. It works, mm-hmm. you just gotta do it. Right. Just like, hey Alabama, and hey Cleveland, you know, like the Washington Nationals pulled off a huge upset in baseball right now and there are people in Washington who are salespeople that are pumped about it and you could make a video right now and be like, you know how you just stunned that like just like Howie Kendrick hit a grand slam, you can hit a grand slam, like that will work. So yeah. two
2: more things, speaking of baseball, a very dear friend of mine's son uh, is,
0: is rookie, he's rookie year for the Astros. Is that right? So all the baseball stuff and like the whole
2: podcast or whichever it was that I was listening to about who are the rookie cards that are under the radar that nobody has. <laughs> so I call my friend and said, so this is his rookie card. That's amazing.
0: Um, he was number
2: 56 in the draft in 2017 and all kinds of stuff. But the main thing that he, his dad said to me who is my friend in high school is that he's just a really humble, sweet kid but he's also super good. So. Anyways. What's his name?
0: Corbin Martin. Oh, I know! I know exactly who this is. As a matter of fact, um, man, Lou, who's one of my admins, is going to lose his mind. He's like a, like a big, <laughs> big fan of Corbin's. That's awesome. Thank you so much. It's awesome, dear Ruck. I don't want to lose it. Yes, gang. Uh, What's been up? No storms this season. Uh, we,
3: we were close.
0: I know. I saw. <laughs> The the, the context there is we were rocking and rolling and like, thank God we were rocking and rolling because they had a real storm, unfortunately. Is that right? That was rough. But we're coming back. Good.
3: Slowly, slowly back together.
0: Anything I can answer?
1: My struggle right now is in retail and promotions. Sales have been decent. How long do you run coupons or promotions?
0: The second you show people that you will go away from your word because you've lost the leverage because you didn't move something is the second you start dying. It's the number one flaw that Wine Library did the last decade and I've completely taken them away from it as I've gotten a little more involved to like, customers are smart as They'll just wait for the, you know, tent sale sounds awesome, except when everyone gets into a behavior of waiting for it because it used to be once a year and now it's once a quarter or whatever it may be, right? It's all about, I always tell, why, I recently been yelling, I'm like, I'd rather die with that wine than to show the audience, the customer, that we're willing to bend when we don't sell enough because then they won't trust anything. That. You And there's also repackaging. Bundling. <laughs> I mean, I'd rather, you know, laws with alcohol are pretty tricky, but I'd rather donate wine to the local PTA events. Like, I'd rather give that furniture to the, the homeless and let the local news, and call the no, local news. You see where I'm going? Can't give up the leverage. We're too smart. It's why so many of the companies in retail are dead. They became sales oriented and we were just like, why do you think free shipping is mandatory? We, they did it too much, we waited. They got caught. You gotta hold the line. So really building
3: the brand because like
0: yeah. the camera a little bit more. And? What are you seeing? Um, so just trying to
3: like show like on your face. Yeah. What are
0: you seeing? Anything interesting? Um, little, I mean, it's I mean, early. I mean, local, yeah.
3: know, I get along. Like I um, work out at Orange Theory. So it's just funny because I'm like, hey, I saw you and I'm like, you know, but we see each other every day, so it's okay, but it's just interesting to kind of see even people that I know that are just reaching out or somebody I may not have heard from in a while or even my mom's friends are like, oh, we saw your daughter, and she's like, oh, what, what? And she doesn't even know, but, <laughs> um, you know, so it's still kind of early, and I'm I'm toying with a couple ideas for some education,
0: like I know you say entertain and education. The other thing I'm obsessed with with your store, and you might remember this, you have so much square footage, I can't, I mean, this is the number one thing I'm thinking about. My dad's second floor is a complete waste of time. People don't like going to the second floor when we used to have a ton more foot traffic like every retail establishment did. That worked because people went upstairs on Saturdays and really shopped premium wine. The foot traffic setup, like, it's just not the same. And I'm like, I like, this is not, you want to go real funny? Like, I literally... Right now, between Wine Text and helping out, like I've really fixed the business. So right now I have a ton of permission. I literally called my dad, I was like, I think I wanna turn the second floor into a baseball card store. And he's like, okay, he's just so, he's just so happy. So like, like I, I still think that you guys turning part of your store into a WeWork, into a sports bar. Like I will push you on this every time. It's your biggest asset that is underutilized. I think every book club, every PT, like you should become the community center of, you don't need it as much as you have it. Cut out the, you know, store within store. Like go to the three hottest stores in town, the ice cream store, the, like, and be like, you want a second location? I'll charge you nothing. It's an asset. It's an asset. You've gotta you've gotta ch- and by the way, I'll go on a call. You know, I know I have to run to Atlanta soon for a speech, but like I'll call I'll do a call with you. We can keep innovating, like you have to turn that inventory into an asset.
2: Because
3: I think like what we talked about within the mentor program, like that X factor, like I still feel like we're missing it. Correct. Like the new e-com is getting ready to launch. So we've already started to implement
0: some of the that, X but- factor is going crazy. Why can't you build a stage in the middle of your thing and do open night mic for all local talent? You could. You'll have to use Facebook to get them to even know that's good thing. But I'm telling you right now, the atomic bomb in your business, I believe, is your square footage internally. And I do think, and this is gonna seem like a contradiction, I do think you should look into texting. And I think you should have a weekly text deal. But I think you have to be smart what the deal is so it doesn't undermine your core. Because
3: okay. we have, like, a texting program, but it, right now it's really just for, like, a coupon so I'm
0: looking to get away from that. And but do something that's a little bit more engaging. Value. Yeah. Value because coupons can die real fast if people just don't value the coupon. Right. Discounting is a, is a drug. And it can turn out bad. Well,
4: we have that. So it's so rough where we are
0: because Mr. Lindsay, that's how I built I remember it. You know, if you remember, it came so natural to me because I'm like, I get it. I know. Take $500 off, you know? Honestly, between the way my dad built his business, between retail, between garage sale and auction culture, like, I I remember you guys breaking it all down. I remember a lot, so I remember a lot of it. I remember thinking like, man, I wish, the action must have been fun at its heyday, just to go there, I'm sure people went just for the action. Oh yeah, sure. I think you need to turn your place into a community event. I think you need to hack. You need to get very creative. Why, why can't kids come and Easter egg and pumpkin pick in your store? Like, I'm, be, I'm being serious. It sounds crazy, but I'm like, why couldn't you buy, or forget about buy, why couldn't you go to the people that sell pumpkins, wherever, say, hey, let's make a deal. I want you to give me 100 pumpkins. I'm gonna put them throughout our store. I'm gonna spend $100 on Facebook ads saying, we got pumpkins from this. We'll tag you. Come this Saturday for free pumpkin. You know, like,
3: been ideas that have popped up. I guess I was more concerned, um, like Easter egg hunting with the kids, because then I can already see it's like pillows and cushions are just flipped over, and then like that was more my
0: concern. by the way, that's a really, by the way, that's a really good answer to that idea. And Drock will tell you, like, all I want to do is ideate and then try to make it operationally practical. If I was a partner, I'd be like, we've got employees standing around all day Monday. We'll clean up the cushions on Monday instead of off. Well, I like That's the- what I would say. That's what literally I would say. I'd be like, Mario and Nick and, and, and Sarah will actually work on Monday instead of standing around waiting for somebody to come in. Yeah. Okay. That would be the answer. That's how I think operationally. Right. And
3: then like how you say, don't say no for the other person. That's where I, I stress
0: within. But you, but you didn't say no in that scenario. You worried about the ramifications. Right. And then I say, and by the way, you might be at a place where you don't have that many, I'm making assumptions here, but if you have employees, well good. Monday Monday morning in retail is not the busiest thing of all time. We'll clean them up then. But having 100 families come to our store for the first time in months maybe, or even ever heard about it, is a good thing for us. This was the biggest frustration I had. I, you know, I like picking on my dad because we see things differently. I created this program two years ago, you might remember, D-Rock Nick, you remember this too, where we were doing free food at Wine Library on Facebook events and it crushed. But because my dad saw a couple people, and this is the best part of the story, because they were Russians, because he knows how Russians work, (laughs) trick the system to come back in and get another $20 worth of free food, he killed the whole thing. He couldn't stomach it. Meanwhile, it was building his business because even though we were losing on the food, we were acquiring customers, the store was busy. Even the fact that the store looked packed on a Saturday that it normally didn't because we're on a very busy road, made more people just come to see what the was going on, but nope, the emotion of somebody double-dipping <laughs> Igor trying to break the system made my dad kill it. Retail is in detail. Everything retail needs to do is figure out how to get people to come in. Permanently like a stage or a WeWork or you're a promotions for fun locally idea machine and you take advantage of Facebook and Instagram locally to drive awareness and conversion. That is the framework you have to do. Or you go super macro and go store within store and you lease out. Yeah. Like, I
3: think we told you we bought the store. I remember, yep. So we're actually pricing out clearing and building so moving the warehouse that opens up even more space to then. Which is even
0: scarier for me. I want you to have less space. Right. If I could chop off Wine Library's second floor, I would. I can't. But going laterally, I'd be condensing and putting up a wall and leasing. And have a set, like retail is in trouble. I don't have to explain to you what Wayfair and all this stuff is. The trends are not coming back.